1: Welcome to another edition of the Baseball America Prospect Handbook Podcast. J.J. Cooper and Josh Norris, J.J. and the Bear here together to talk Arizona Fall League rosters. We're going to talk AFL rosters, who stands out, which are the rosters to see most. I think there's some pretty clear answers on that. But also after that, I have an interview with Dodgers right-hander Jose De Leon, which he was very good talking about pitching, talking about what it's like to stand in the batter's box and see a 101 mile an hour fastball from Alex Reyes, which he got to do last week. Not so fun. He got to do, more like had to. Yeah, do. Yeah, had to do. He also <laughs> got to bunt against Alex Reyes, which that's not fun either. No, but we'll have forever. So we'll have that uh, a little bit later in the podcast. But we're just going to jump right in. We're looking at the Arizona Fall League rosters were announced today, September 1st. So we got 40 man roster expansion to call, you know, September call ups and Arizona Fall League. A lot going on. So let's start, though. We're just going to jump right in with, we're going to look team by team, some of the players that stand out, and then we'll kind of look at the overall uh, makeup of the roster. Is this one of the better ones? Is this one of the worst ones? All that. But And I will preface by saying, looking at these overall, usually, bad news is is these rosters usually get worse before the games start. Nothing against Anything, what just happens is, is some guys usually pull out for injury reasons, and usually the guys that replace them do not equal the guys who get, you know, uh, who are on the roster now but never make it to, uh, to Arizona. But so we're going to start with Glendale, the Glendale Desert Dogs, coached by Bill Hasselman, uh, Midwest League Great Lakes manager this year, and this team has Dodgers, White Sox, Phillies, Pirates, and Astros on it. We do not know right now who the Dodgers' pitchers are for this, which could be pretty interesting because they've got a number of guys who are pretty interesting pitchers. Speaking of Jose de Leon. Right. I think he might go to if he, – he's got a lot of innings this year. I think he'd go to Puerto Rico if not, but uh, but that's an option. Uh, Jarrell Cotton, who, again, has enough innings, and but he'd be another interesting guy. We'll, we'll see what they have. And them. he'd be the second Cotton on this team. That is true. Chris Cotton is there for the Astros. Yes. Yeah. But, so, Bear, I will ask you, I think I know the answer to this. Who are you most excited to see when you go out to Arizona on this Desert Dogs Club?
0: The Desert Dogs Club, you'd think I was going to say J.P. Crawford, but you'd be wrong. Because I'm going to do this by guys I haven't seen before. Right, because you've seen
1: J.P. Crawford a lot.
0: Not a lot, but a few times. I want to see Andrew Knapp, because I haven't seen Andrew Knapp in a while. Yeah,
1: I didn't see that coming at all. I'll be honest, I didn't. Okay, well, I want
0: to see Andrew Knapp. He had the month from from heaven recently, um, and I want to see what uh, if this is what I think is if this is a real a guy who's who's proven to be the the guy they drafted with the second round pick in a couple of years ago, coming off Tommy John surgery, just destroyed at Reading this year as Reading continued to destroy all the way up through the uh, the playoffs, and they're going to you know, they're going to clinch their first division. It's, 2000 here very shortly uh, but I want to see what all the hype is about and I want to see if this is a guy who could jump into the top 10 of a, of a now super loaded Phillies system so that um, that's who I want to see who do you I, think I want to see
1: I was going to say if you weren't going to go J.P. Crawford I, I thought you were going to go A.J. Reed because A.J. Reed is having one of the best seasons in the minors this year I don't think there's any real question about that he dominated in Lancaster he climbed the level uh, level up to double A, Corpus Christi, which is not an easy place for a left-handed hitter, power hitter. And he's had no problems there. Uh, he's pretty much dominated that level as well. Um, and so he's obviously a very interesting guy to see. I'm kind of interested to see. I don't know necessarily how much he has to gain from this. Like, this is one of those that if he has a great AFL, it just gets him a little closer to, okay, he's going to spring training with the idea of competing for a big league job either on opening day or as these things often work out a little bit later into the season. Right. Um, but he'll be interesting to see for that reason. Uh, again, I, the interesting thing is his naps on this roster. I don't even know if he's the best catcher on this roster.
0: As far as receiving goes, he's not. Um, Reese McGuire is obviously your your best pure catcher on this list. And um, But I've had great reviews on Andrew Knapp very recently, from you know, I got curious, and I decided to text a few guys, and most of what they said was, yeah, this, this is a bat that could play right now. Uh, it's going to have power. His arm is getting there, uh, off uh, coming off the Tommy John surgery. He does have a few edges to polish as far as receiving goes, but you drafted
1: him for his bat, and it looks like that's what you're going to get. The interesting thing is, a great group of catchers here. Kyle Farmer, Andrew Knapp, Reese McGuire. All three of those guys are going to be big leaguers. Yeah, the third catcher on that list is a future gamer. Right, and, and I think a, a pretty solid prospect in his own right. All three of those guys are going to be big leaguers. All three of those guys are guys who have either, you know, again, Maguire's the, right now, I hate to say it, but he's the defense that the bat has to come along. Naps, the bat that the glove needs to come along. Farmer is kind of the older guy, but who's a little bit closer to the big leagues, I would say, as far as refinement. That's, again, that's a, that's a pretty good combo of three guys. Uh, you look at this outfield. Austin Meadows is obviously the, the biggest name there, Pirates center fielder, uh, but this will also be very interesting for Courtney Hawkins um, as he continues. He, he moved so fast, he struggled, he had a little better start this year, he missed some time, and now this gives him a chance to get some a back. Yeah, he's going to hit some balls onto the, on, maybe into the White Sox
0: offices at Camelback mm-hmm. Ranch, he's going to break a few windows. Um, I've seen him plenty of times with Winston-Salem, I really want to see if, the recognition of breaking balls has improved. Uh, the approach in general has improved. I mean, from what I saw, that guy's a bad ball hitter or a mistake hitter, and uh, there's
1: a lot of those guys in the minors. We want to see if he can separate himself. The interesting thing is, I don't know if the AFL is a good place to yeah find that answer it, out.
0: It is a good place to test him against velocity
1: too. That is, it's a good place to test against velocity. But as far as you know, that's it's a great place to hit too. So, and a lot of times the pitchers are a little bit more. Worn down. No question. But, um, but you look at the rest of this roster on the pitching side, uh, there are a couple guys who have been traded in recent years. We saw Nick Pavetta, who was a uh, deadline deal acquisition of the Phillies not so long ago. Tom Wendell, who the Phillies picked up uh, last offseason, mm-hmm. who moved into uh, being a pretty prominent prospect for them. You know, you, we talk about what the Phillies uh,
0: you know, acquired at this deadline. What they also have, the last couple of deadlines, these 16 or 17 players they've acquired. Is possibly a pretty good bullpen behind. I assume what's going to wind up being the the, the closer Ken Giles. I mean Nick, uh, not Nick Pavetta. A, Tim Tom Wendell is a guy who. Uh, it sounds like they moved to, to the bullpen, and he could be better there. Is he? The reviews were not great on him as a starter, but if he's in the bullpen throwing in the mid nineties, you got a guy from the left side of the mid nineties with six four two fifteen. Yeah, that's... that's a that's a weapon to have. Edubray Ramos is a guy that I ranked at the thirty this year. Uh, loaded mid-90s with a fastball with a 12-6 hook, uh, who could be a weapon to a Cardinals cast-off, which is the rare guy, the Cardinals cast-off, who does well. No, that but is not the... Uh... Not that how you want it. That's how, how they draw it up. And Pavetta's gotten really good reviews. You know, in the mid-90s with sink and a field-throw slider. I've heard up to 99 this year. Uh, he'd gotten really good reviews in Carolina League calls. If everything breaks wrong for these guys, they can be excellent bullpen arms. And then right. another guy who could be a really good bullpen arm, not with the Phillies, is Robinson Lair, who with the White Sox, who I wrote about earlier this year. He's one of those you know, small, uh, small guys who can bring it up to ninety-eight, ninety-nine with a slider and a change-up. I mean, it's it's a very tip, uh, a very common mix you see among these skinny uh, Latino guys, these fastball yeah. change-up slider guys. And if one of those doesn't come along, they could be a weapon in the bullpen if they have command.
1: I look at this roster overall. I think this is one of the better rosters we have here. I, I you know we'll we'll rank them when we're done, but it's not the best but it's but it's one of the best yeah. I mean you have j p Crawford who's a top ten prospect. you have uh, Austin Meadows, who's a very solid prospect a j Reed is a very solid prospect who had a great year this year and then uh, you know you look on the pitching side and there's a lot of really uh pretty impressive uh, pitchers as far as the arms i mean i Again, we, and, we, and that's without not knowing who the four Dodgers pitchers are going to be. Right. so That could change a lot of things. Right. So we're going to move on to the Mesa Solar Sox. This is the uh, club that has the Angels, the A's, the Cubs, the Marlins, and the Rays. So I will ask you the question again. So Bear, who are you most excited to see here?
0: You know, I'm going to go off the board here again. I'm going to go with Matt Chapman. I saw him a little bit in... Team instructs. USA? No, oh. Instructs last mm. year. Um, and I like what I saw from him in a very short outing. Very good season this year. He's yeah. had an
1: excellent year in the Cali. His swing is, is gorgeous. Um, and that's not even his best tool. No, we, have, we want to learn what a rail gun
0: is, Yes, apparently. Great arm. If great if, arm. If, uh, if he gets to show it off. Uh, Wilson Contreras. I don't know why I'm skipping your turn, but I am. Wilson Contreras is a guy who popped up at Catcher 2. Who, uh, great some, year. Another guy for a great On a, on a, on a really prospect-laden Smokies team. They had Billy McKinney. They've had Candelario. They had Schwarber. And this guy's kind of raising his hand in the back of the class going, look at me, look at me. And <laughs> here he is in the fall league with Kale Brockmire, too, his
1: teammate. Um, for me, uh, I'll, I'll go a couple other guys. Those are good choices. I agree with those choices. Um, Chad Pinder had a uh, very dominant year in, in A. Chad Pinder is a guy, shortstop for the A's, who Talking to some scouts who think that maybe he does stay at shortstop, Uh, I think there's been a lot of skepticism about that. He's a guy who's really been helped by the moves that the A's made because he was kind of, uh, with Daniel Robertson and Addison Russell, he was kind of the the third wheel as far as shortstops, kind of climbing the ladder. Now, he's actually going to be teammates with Daniel Robertson here on this uh, Mesa Solar Sox club, but now with them out of the organization, it made it kind of gave Pindere a, a larger role, and he's responded to that very well, been one of the best players in the Texas League this year. He, he's a notable guy. Uh, Jake Bowers, listed on here as an outfielder, Ray's, uh, I, I'm going to say Ray's first baseman because he's a really good first baseman defensively, who has a, the, the question's always been how much power is he going to have, but really excellent field for hit, really good defender at first base, kind of an interesting guy from that standpoint. Um, uh, again, looking at the rest of this. Shamanaya, new A, uh, recent pickup, is is another guy who came over in the Zobra deal. He missed some time early in the year. This gives him a chance to get some innings, some additional innings. Pierce Johnson with the Cubs, uh, seems like he's always had a, a dinger or two here or there. But trying to show that he still has a, a significant role coming up at some point with the Cubs, this would be good for him to get some uh, some more innings there. And uh, another guy I'll just point out, like, again, it, there's not a whole lot in the Marlins system to get all excited about right now, but Jacob Esch, former Georgia Tech shortstop turned pitcher, is one of the better pitching prospects still in the minors for them. That's not saying much because the Marlins have had to bring up a whole lot of guys this year because of injuries, but but Jacob Esh is, is definitely a guy to, to watch from that standpoint that you could say, okay, he's... He's somewhat interesting and he's a marvelous pitcher. There aren't many of those read these days. And Trevor Williams is on his team. Mm-hmm. I I from a from a silly standpoint, I
0: want to see Michael Franco make the major leagues and pitch to Michael Franco <laughs> <laughs> one day. I mean if we have that and the last team was clearly the initials team. We had A. J. Reed, J. D. Davis, J. P. Crawford and J. P. Wendelkin. So that's gonna be a fun team as far as headlines are
1: concerned. Um, uh. But I think overall, again, Elliot Soto uh, is on this team. Uh, yeah, he's another Marlins guy. But he, um, I think overall, though, oh, Mark Zagunas is one other guy I did want to mention. Because Mark Zagunas had a great year. We, we, technically, you have three Cubs on this who have caught. Mark Zagunis used to be a catcher. The Cubs also have Kale Brockemeyer and Wilson Contreras uh, among the three catchers on this team. But, uh, but Zagunas has become an outfielder, an outfielder with significant on-base skills. Best eye in the Carolina League. I want to see him draw some walks. He does draw some walks. I want to to watch it. Yes. But so, uh, overall though, eh. On the... uh, It's the middle of the pack team. Yeah, uh, I would agree with that. Middle of the six team pack. So that moves us on. Peoria, Javelinas, Braves, Mariners, Orioles, Padres, and Reds. I wrote this one up uh, for our uh, Arizona Fall League analysis. It's on our site soon. If not now. Oh, by the time you're listening to this, it better be on our site. <laughs> um, but so I will kick it back to you, Bear. Who stands out to you?
2: Well,
0: I'm going to go with a guy that I've seen in the past many a time and did not much care for, although everybody else seems to, uh, Lucas Sims. Okay. Um, the, the octane is there. The fastball is there. The, the pitches are there. I've never seen him command it real well. Um, he's doing better.
1: He's having a great to, you know, great month in August right. in AA. In that's a. why I want to see what's changed.
0: He missed a lot of time this year after the Mudcats bus crash, bus crash. so I don't think anything changed because of that, but he did. But that's why he's here, because he missed a lot of time after his bus crashed. Um, anybody else I really want to see on this team? Um, I'd like to watch uh, Connor Lean a little bit, his teammate. I want to see what the the talk in the Carolina League is about as far as him being a really, really good defensive outfielder. I believe he won the vote for best defensive outfielder in that league,
1: and he may be the second best defensive outfielder on this team. Travis Jankowski, uh, also on this team, who's a very good center fielder, and also has spent some time in the big leagues this year. Uh, after still there, yeah, after the uh, the trade, they they traded Venable and gave Travis Jankowski a chance. Um, other guys, I, I think this is a very important. When I said that with AJ Reed, like if he has a great a great AFL. It's one slight step forward. If he has a bad AFL, you write it off as he's tired and you don't really worry about it. That's not true of DJ Peterson. DJ Peterson has had, I mean, there's no other way to put it. He's had a terrible season. For a bat-first, first first baseman, you have to hit more than he's hit this year. If you're the Mariners, you're hoping that this October is the start of the return of the DJ Peterson that you fell in love with as a first-round pick, not the one who... Struggled to post a 230 batting average and a 270 on base and a three something slugging percentage this year. So, very important for him. Uh, speaking of Mariners, Tyler O'Neill, who's coming off of a very good year in the Cal League, 30 home runs. Swings and misses a lot, but he does hit the ball really far when he uh, connects. He's notable to watch. Mike Yastremsky, who I think we both enjoyed seeing last year in the Carolina League. Probably you're hoping more likely a fourth out third than anything, but. Left-handed hitter, so that fits a fourth outfield profile. Interesting to see him. Uh, Phil Irvin and Alex Blandino and Nick Trevieso, the Reds are sending first-round picks to the Arizona Fall League. Travieso trying to catch up some innings that he missed because he took a comebacker off of his forearm and so missed about two months. So it'll be good for him to get some innings. Uh, Blandino had a really good first full season in uh, high-class A uh, Daytona this year. Struggled a little bit since he'd been promoted to Double A, but... This is a chance for him to kind of show okay, you know, a strong AFL puts him in line for a pretty quick promotion uh, next year, maybe up to uh, AAA if he has a strong start. Double A, he's one to watch. Philip Irvin, bounce back year this year. Still some questions. He's a corner outfielder. He's going to have enough power to do that, but he'll be interested to watch. A uh, couple of Rule 5 picks on this team uh, who need innings because of that. David Rollins, who had a suspension, uh, missed time with PED suspension, so, and also has been kind of buried in the uh, Mariner's pen as a Rule 5 pick. It's innings for him. Daniel Winkler, who missed the entire year as a Rule 5 pick, so far with Tommy John surgery, although I don't know why the uh, Braves, unless they're just being completely and totally ethical about not doing it, but if he is able to breathe and wear a uniform, I would put him on the 40-man rock, Uh I call him up for the for September to start his Rule 5 clocks, you need 90 days. I
0: mean, they cleared Johnny Gomes out to
1: you know, make a spot for him. He's already got the 40-man roster spot. So man, I mean. Yeah, so that's true. Johnny Gomes, uh, I don't know if he can match Johnny Gomes' impressive mm-hmm. work, though. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, Andrew Thurman, uh, Braves pickup from the Astros uh, last year uh, in one of the many off-season trades. Mauricio Cabrera, we talked about triple-digit guys. Mauricio Cabrera is an honest-to-goodness triple-digit guy. Doesn't know where it's going when it goes triple digits, but it is... He is a triple digit and he's guy. He's got two others. He's got a change up. He's got a slider. Right. It's just knowing where they're going has been really a trouble for him. Mm-hmm. Um, other guys, uh, Chance Cisco can, can hit. He needs to work on his defense. This is a great place to do it. When he catches Mauricio Cabrera, who doesn't know where it's going, that'll be a good test for him. How well can you receive 100 miles an hour that's a little bit not hitting the mitt?
0: I wonder if they'll even let him do that.
1: This is the place to do it. It's the place to do it. Um, Chad Wallach, a uh, Reds pickup from the Marlins last off-season in the uh, uh, Anthony uh, DiScalfini trade, I believe. Another guy uh, who picked up in the—I guess we would actually call that the Matt Latos trade, but we're baseball America, so we call it the the Disclefini trade. Um, but those are all guys to watch. Overall, talent-wise, this is a this is a this is a down roster.
0: Mm-hmm. And if we're going to keep going alphabetically, we're going to get to an even more down roster, the Salt River Raptors, which is missing one Rockies pitcher, two Mets pitchers, and a Blue Jays pitcher, and a Blue or a Rockies outfielder, and two Mets infielders. So there's a lot of TBAs coming, but I'm going to kick to you this time first, JJ. Who do you want in this Salt River Ra- Raptors roster? Wow.
1: Who do I want to see? Um... The best prospect on this is Wilmer Defoe, I'd argue. But the guys I would want to see, I'll start with Jordan Patterson. Um, kind of gets lost a little bit because the the Rockies have a lot of good outfield prospects. But Jordan Patterson is a, a pretty intriguing, very toolsy guy. Uh, he's interesting to see, kind of be interesting to see how he does there. And it really, it, you could argue Tom Murphy is you could make an argument that he's... Uh, if he, he's not Wilmer Defoe, but he's, one of the better, he's definitely one of the better prospects on this team. A catcher who I, I think the Rockies see as a potential everyday guy for them down the road.
0: I want them to go off the board again, because that's what I'd do. I want to see Roman Fields okay. in the outfield, um, because he is a guy who has an interesting backstory. I believe he was out of the game for a time and then had a tryout camp, if I remember correctly, and someone saw him and liked him, and this is the Blue Jays, mm-hmm. and he... Kind of zoom through their system. Um, Perfect kind of got to go to the AFL. Yeah, he's 24 years old, and I'd like to see what he has. If this is the the real deal guy uh, of of the bigger names, I, I like Gabby Guerrero. I mean,
1: traded this for the in the Mark Trumbo trade this year to the D-backs from the Mariners. Gabby
0: Guerrero trade. Um, yeah, he's a he's a guy who's fun to watch. He might not, you know, he's gonna be like his uh, uncle. And, uh, swinging a lot of stuff, but when he can exit, man, it's going to go far. And he's and got that, thing, he's got an arm in the outfield, too. He, he does have the arm. Arms.
1: Unfortunately, he does not have that same hand-eye to no. hit the, the bouncing ball off of the, uh, off of the, uh, dirt.
0: Which, I will remind you, I did at our BA Olympics. That so is true. I'm the Vlad of this office. Um, for pitchers, Yohan Lopez. Yep. Um, the mystery man from, uh, from Arizona, who got a big old bonus from the Diamondbacks. And then, uh. He hit someone with a pitch this year. and Oh, you know who he we was? He hit Dansby Swanson with a pitch. Mm-hmm. And uh,
1: delayed and started. And extended. Right. They both were there. Well, not, no, not extended, but Just they were both at the complex right. before uh, heading back out.
0: And uh, he, yeah. And Adam Miller is another guy. You can catch 100. Yep. He uh, can uh, definitely. Um, I know I missed him this year on my Tennessee trip. Uh, but he, he definitely can, can do that.
1: Um, other guys, Oscar Hernandez. We're going to have rule five pick with easy AVs. Credit Oscar Hernandez. Oscar Hernandez is the first Class A catcher ever taken in the Rule Five Draft to stick under the current Rule Five rules. That's a pretty impressive. Didn't
0: it, Adrian Nieto?
1: He was not. A, he was not a low Class A guy. I thought he was a. He was just oh, he, he made a Double A, I believe, too. But sorry, low. I should say. I should specify low Class A, because Oscar was in low Class A last year. Spencer Kaboom. Um, down year this year compared to last year, but uh, some scouts who like him think he could be a backup catcher down the road. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rowdy Tellez uh, kind of really got things going this year after what's really been kind of a slow start to his career, but uh, a first baseman who can mash. He better mash because he's the first baseman, but a first baseman who can mash. Those, I, I think we both agree, though, this is the... We We still have some other names to see, could change it, but right now... If you're looking and you've got two days or three days in Arizona and you're trying to figure out your schedule and you have to miss Salt River, that's okay.
0: But you're going to want to go to Salt River, too, because uh, the surprise Sahuaros, which we'll get to you later, are playing their home game in Salt River. That is true. And
1: by the way, you want to go to Salt River because it's a beautiful ballpark.
0: It is, it is. Is. A little difficult to find the entrance if you're me sometimes.
1: I don't ever have that problem.
0: Well, then that's just me. <laughs> I remember circling. Well, also,
1: we have these great things on our phones. They're called GPSs.
0: Yeah, they? I don't. I got to the park, but kept going around and not thinking the gates were open. I just circled the park for like twenty minutes. No, oh,
1: sorry to hear that. <laughs> it did um, it two years in a row. So that moves us on to the Scottsdale Scorpions. I will let you lead off again, and I. I, I don't know where you're gonna to get to when you're gonna to get to this, but we will we definitely have someone here who'll hit a hundred.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. We'll talk about We have
1: a couple people who may hit a hundred on this Yes,
0: team. Um we'll talk about a guy who won't hit a hundred. Uh Brad He's gonna I'm doing the Carolina His and- brother
1: won't hit a hundred either, and his brother's a pretty good pitcher, but right. Um
0: we're I'm doing the Carolina and Eastern Leagues for our top twenties, which are coming soon at baseball America.
1: dot um, com. <laughs> yes.
0: Um and he's going to place on both those lists.
1: So Very well, I would imagine, because yeah, he's kind, be kind of a stud.
0: There, yeah, he'll probably be top three in at least one of those lists. Um, and he's got an interest, uh, one of the better, if not the best power speed combination in the outfield in the minors. Um, he kind of dominated at, um, Lynchburg this year, and he's done pretty well at Akron. Akron, yes, the Rubber Ducks. Um, but he's going to be a fun guy to watch, whether he's center fielder or right fielder going forth is, remains to be seen, but from what I hear, he's got the skills to stick in center, and that's a good thing. I think he's probably the most, you know what, maybe not the most exciting prospect, but he's up there. I think There's a couple more guys just based on their 180 tool who are a little more exciting. Okay, well, who's
1: someone else that you find more exciting? I'll let you pick a call. Adam Brett Walker. I want to see if he can hit a ball to the moon. Massive power. Um, I've seen him hit a ball to something closer than the moon, but pretty far. I'll put it this way. There are twins people you talk to Miguel Sano is a better prospect. Miguel Sano is awesome. Miguel Sano has awesome power. And you can talk to Twins officials who will say, Adam Brett Walker has more raw power than Miguel Sano.
0: I'm inclined to agree.
1: I he swat- has less ability, mm-hmm. but more power. Is he going to lead the Miners in home runs this year? No. A.J. Reed has yeah, 33. Right. Jabari Blash has 31. Um,
0: Walker hit a ball this year when I was on that aforementioned Tennessee trip. It was just like swatting at a gnat and it went 420, 430 feet, just on a line. It just kind of took your breath away. Um, but I don't think he got much of a hit the rest of the series. Um, but that's that's one of those where at any moment you can just, your jaw can unhinge.
1: No, he's, he is very fun to watch.
0: And then you'll talk about Mr. Triple Digits here on this pitching staff.
1: Oh, there's a lot. I mean, this, this is, again, the thing, one thing that stands out is his there's five outfitters listed here, and all five of them are interesting in one way or another. I mean, everyone here is interesting in some way, but Clint Frazier, first round pick, who had a really good year. He's crazy also bad yeah, bad crazy. uh Michael Gerber is a later round pick who had a great year in the Midwest League. This is great for him. Kind of a little bit of prove that you weren't just a veteran a guy who knows how to hit hitting in a league that's really too low, too low for you. So this will be a good shot for him for that uh, Tigers prospect, Mack Williamson, who missed a year but it's his hit at times um, is a Giants outfield prospect. In addition to Walker and Zimmer, who you talked about, you go to the infield and you've got Christian Arroyo from a first round pick. Uh, you've got Carlos Osuaje, who I feel bad for Carlos Osuaje. You he ranks about seventy second on the uh, Red Sox depth chart at second base and in the middle infield, but he's kind of interesting. Jacoby Jones, who the uh, Pirates traded to the Tigers this the year Soria. for uh, Joaquin Soria, who, can he play shortstop? I don't know about that, but can he, can he play a lot of places, get some power for a guy who has some athleticism? Absolutely. Um, Sam Travis, who can hit and hit for power
0: and play around the bag. Um, he's a very exciting prospect in that Zou- system.
1: Zue Lin, who is about one spot behind Carlos Oswahe on the ever-so-deep yeah, he's 21, but as much as I've seen him, I feel like he should be 40 at this point. Taxi squatter for this, so we won't be seeing him too much. And then that gets us to, okay, if you get to the late innings and you go Nick or Birdie men. followed by Ray yeah. Black, it's not going to be fun for... Uh, and you really go Jake Reed, Nick Birdie, Ray Black. Uh, that's three guys. That's two guys in, in Black and Birdie. Black will give you 103 at his best. Birdie will give you 100, 101. Reed will only get about 98 it's oh, funny no.
0: though like on that staff with reed and birdie on twice now a 4 man tennessee trip those two weren't the guys who had triple digits jt, JT Schwab, hit 101
1: i think right the twins have some guys who can bring it um birdie had a much better second half he had to be demoted
0: right and he was the classic thrower not pitcher he and,
1: he does seem like he's made some strides but it'll be worth seeing at this Ray Black, can he stay healthy? I mean, the one thing, you can look at his day by day this year. Last year, it was every three days. This year, he's had, he's not even pitching every three days a lot of times. it's The the concern is just, can he be healthy? I, again, though, I think, and then that Mitch Garver uh, is a, you know, potential backup catcher down the road uh, for the Twins, you know, maybe that kind of guy. Same with Stuart Turner. Same with Stuart Turner. I, I think this is a, you know, again, a – I, I would say this is a very solid roster. Not the best, yeah, but very solid. And that brings us to Surprise, who will be playing in Salt River, not Surprise, the Sahara. Which, if you haven't been to Arizona, having Surprise play in Salt River, that's not like down the street. No, and I mean, I thought you were going to bag on uh, Surprise's park, which is fine. All I don't have the, no problem. I mean, it's not Salt River, but yeah. you know, but I mean, I have no problem with Surprise's park, but. I, I, I actually spend a, much, a lot of time there because the Royals and Rangers prospects when I go there are usually pretty interesting, but... Salt River is my favorite. That's a Taj Mahal.
0: Park, uh, it might be my second. I like Mesa's Cubs Park. I don't think they're using it unless they've renamed it Sloan Field here, but that's a better one, and for purely video purposes, the batting cages of Salt River give me terrible lens flare, and I always forget it, and then I look at my film, and I get this diamond of light in the middle of all my films. So, and the, this, this, you know, I'm not going to nitpick Salt River anymore. Uh, it's really awesome, except for that stinking lens flare. Okay. Well, let's talk about the players. That's,
1: yes. So who do you, we have a Royals pitcher and two Yankees pitchers that are to be announced. Right. On this list, but this is the Brewers, Cardinals, Rangers, Royals, Yankees. Who do you look forward to seeing?
0: Alex Reyes. Yeah. Um, I agree with that. Yeah. We talked about him facing Jose De Leon and throwing him hundred and one. Um, I, he was the first player I went to see as a member of Baseball America. Like, I knew nothing about him. I just knew, oh look, he's got like an eight hundred thousand dollars bonus or whatever it was at this time. Like, all right, let's go see him at Johnson City in Burlington. And the so first hitting, he couldn't hit the broadside of a barn. And then the, the rest of the game, he struck out eight guys, and I think they were all on three pitches. And it was incredible. You know, he's fastball. I didn't have a radar gun at that point, so I don't really know what he was hitting. It was um, a lot. Yeah, it was high, fast. Uh, he hit 101 this year, a couple times. Well, I think he hit 102 at one point this year. Um, but he's got the the nasty curveball and the changeup, and he's one of the few guys in the minors who has true number one ace with potential. If everything clicks, he's an absolute
1: monster. I was sharing uh Alex Reyes breaking ball stories uh, recently with a, a guy I was seeing in the Texas League, and I was telling about the time that I saw him where he uh got a batter to duck out of the way on back-to-back strikes. And he goes, okay, I saw him where he had a left-handed batter duck out of the way on a strike, which is hard to do when you're a right-handed pitcher with your curveball. Mm-hmm. But he is very fun to watch. It's hard to argue that one. I mean, that's definitely a, uh, a guy to watch. A lot of interesting names here, though. Number of guys who were recently traded. You'll, if you're a Brewers fan... And you want to see the much improved Brewer's farm system. You get a pretty good chance here because you could go see Josh Hader, left-hander who maybe he ends up being a reliever, but no reason Brewer's not to give him a chance to try to start. And if you look at him as a he, – he misses bats. You know, can he, he, the delivery is unusual. He's a little guy, but he misses bats. Uh, but he's the guy they brought over. Adrian Hauser, another guy they got from the Astros, is uh, and had a pretty solid finish at at AA Biloxi. And then the main guy, the cornerstone guy they got from the Astros in the uh, Carlos Gomez trade, Brett Phillips, also heading there. Um, That is a a pretty fun group to watch if you're a Brewers fan. The center fielders here, very, very interesting. There are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven outfielders on this, two of them taxi squad guys, but seven outfielders. And Lewis Brinson is a center fielder. Brett Phillips is a center fielder. Bubba Starling is a center fielder. Some of those guys are gonna be playing some other positions. No, this 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 roster,
0: even the outfield in this roster is stupid. It's just Brinson, stupid.
1: by the way, has had just made a triple A, but he said he's OPS nine ninety two this year. He has had part of that was a great ballparking cow in the Cal League, but He's had one of the best years in the minors. We talked about AJ Reed. Lewis Brinson's another one of the position players. who's had one of the best years in the minors. Missed some time early. This is also good for him to catch up some abs he missed. But yeah. unlike
0: AJ Reed, you might sell some jeans on Lewis Brinson. Yes. They'd be yes.
1: high. They'd be the skinny jeans. But yes, he's, he's very athletic. Um, you look further on this list. The infield is interesting in a different way. Hey, welcome back to Pro Profar. The thing to remember of Jerickson Profar, Jerickson Profar has missed two years now. He was a big leaguer who's missed two years, and by the way, Jerickson Profar is still going to be one of the younger guys on this team. Yep, he's, uh, if I can do my math here, 22 years old. He'll play the entire AFL at 22, and he's missed two years with injuries. Yeah, it's not like he's a, a 30-year-old man now. He's, oh, who's, who's lost right. his
0: spot? I mean. It, He's lost thing. his spot right now R- because he R- has to. Ruggiero R- 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 has passed him, and
1: Elvis Andrews still has, still exists. And has a large, large, large contract. Yeah, um, but I, Tyler Wade, I know, is an interesting guy who.
0: Yep, he's a twenty-year-old. He'll turn twenty-one probably right after the fall league ends, right before I maybe mean, Thanksgiving uh, this year. And he's one of those rare guys in the Yankee system who's jumped through the minor leagues and is a Double A before he's twenty-one as a shortstop. That's also a product of the fact that they've got a lot of guys pushing him. Jorge Mateo's <laughs> breathing down his yes. neck.
1: Jorge Mateo is going to go double A at 21. I mean, come on. Oh, uh, yeah, that's all. Avellino's breathing down his neck. Uh, they got this guy named Gregorius at the major league level. You don't want those guys breathing down your neck because they will outrun you. Both Avellino and Mateo. If they're chasing you, they will catch you because they are very, very fast. They will, yeah, it, yes, Mateo is a 7 or 8 runner, depending on who you ask.
0: Uh, I, I, I hear more 8s than 7s. Yeah, i got a couple of 7s based on skill and not just pure speed. Um, but in any case, uh, there's, there's him. Uh, we got Eric DeGuyla, who was going to be in the fall league last year, We got hit in the face with a pitch in the instructs. Ouch. And, uh, you know, missed the rest of the year. So let's try it again. And Gary Sanchez, who had the catcher for the Yankees, who had a. Who feels like he is 32, but he's actually 23. only. 23. Yeah. Um, and he. 22? 22. 22, yes, I can't do math. Uh, 22 years old, and he did very well. On his promotion to AAA this year, has a little bit of ham, a, ham, yeah. a hamstring ding right now, um, so we'll see what he does in the fall. But another future's gamer.
1: Um, I, I will say I think I'm contractually obligated to talking Royals talk, and Bubba Starling's there to talk about him. Bubba's had a, a a better year this year, and this will be kind of again that's a, a useful test for him. Have you t- he's played enough in Double A that a strong AFL maybe puts him in contention to head straight to AAA. A bad AFL, you know, maybe that plays a little bit to go back to double-A. So.
0: Is, is he in triple-A now?
1: Uh, last I checked, it was still double-A. But they've made a lot of moves lately. They could have brought him up because they're moving up some guys. Yeah, so. he missed uh, a month this year with a hamstring ding. Like right, that seemed to really slow him down when he was on a roll at the time. But overall, this roster, I, I think you'd say that outfield group, Yeah, number two or number three among the best rosters? I think this is the number one roster. You like that one, number one? I mean, yeah. Uh,
0: Alex Reyes, to me, Brett Phillips. Those two do it for me. Um, and Jordan Jorgensen profiles really interesting. I mean, Brinson, Michael Reed is not a guy to sleep on. Uh, Bubba Starling, I think this is number one with a bullet.
1: Interesting. I could see that. I could see that. I guess, you know, it probably is better than Scottsdale. It's close, but, I mean, Scottsdale has a very good outfield as well. I got um, Glendale, number two. Yeah, I could see that too because J.P. Crawford, who and is J. the best. J.P. J. Crawford's the best prospect who's at this. I mean, who's there. And A.J. Reed is significant. Um, if I was going to do a knock about Glendale, it's just that the pitching staff you're going to see for Glendale is not going to compare. For right now, yeah. Yeah. We yeah. still have the Mystery Dodgers pitches. That's true. I don't expect to see Julio Yures show up there, but then it would be. If he does, you're going to have to restrain me. Yeah. Well, you, you've seen him. Not for a long time, man. Yeah, he was like ch- 17 the last time you saw I him. I chased. I was chasing my tail the last time I had to see him. It's hard. I mean, that, they don't not make that easy to. No, know. I found
0: out that I could have done his game, and then five minutes later, I could have seen Grant Holmes on the same day. But only the scouts knew about Urias throwing.
1: But, but well, again, that's our look for now. Obviously, some of these rosters will change in the uh, uh, next few uh, few weeks leading up to the Arizona Fall League, but pretty good list pretty good group as always um you know it's not I, I don't think this is a trout harper group but no that's gonna be rare we're not gonna see that very often
0: we had a, two years in a row of buxton yes uh who else did we have last year but, that was awesome
1: the, the one thing i always do caution people when you look at the arizona fall league the one thing that's rough about this is you see guys who are there who are really worn out or are mentally exhausted if nothing else but get there early Last year,
0: I always go in the first week, last year, the opening two games I went to featured Taiwan Walker, Kyle Zimmer, Archie Bradley, and Tyler Glasnow matching up. That's
1: incredible. And at the end of the season, you would not have seen that.
0: No, and as, as it turned out, it was pretty much the end of Kyle Zimmer's season as it was. Yes. He had one more start after that, and he
1: was amazing, and then blew up. Yes, which is kind of... So I, I expect to see Alex Reyes on day one. Um. But so that's our Arizona Folly look. We are going to transition now to uh, to an interview with Dodgers double-A right-hander Jose de Leon. So we thank you for our AFL wrap up. Enjoy now this talk with Jose de Leon. We're here on the Baseball America Prospect Handbook Podcast. JJ Cooper here, and very happy to be joined by Dodgers right hander Jose de Leon, who has Pretty much rocketed through the minors in the last two years. Uh, started last season extended, went to uh, short season ball, dominated the Midwest League at the end of the year. Got to taste the Cal League and uh, the the fun pitching environments out there this year. Has moved up to Double A, joining one of the uh, the most impressive rotations that you'll see in the minors. Jose De Leon, Julio Urias. Can't forget about Drew Cotton. I mean, who's also who's moved up to Triple A. Urias just moved up to Triple A. But, Jose, thank you for joining us, and I'll start off by asking you kind of where we got started this conversation. This weekend, you had a uh, a pretty fascinating duel with, uh, you know, you you guys were against Springfield, but it was a, a National League game, so you both, you know, you and Alex Reyes both got to hit. So what is it like standing in the box? I, I, you're a pitcher, but what is it like <laughs> as a hitter? You got to, I mean, especially when you get that first time, it's like, okay, we need you to sacrifice a bunt. What does it feel like when you're squaring against a guy who you can know can hit triple digits?
2: Yeah, um, it was, it was, it's always li- really interesting, that the feeling you get when you're in the batter's box. I mean, you, you're about to hit, and then you're facing these guys going over 90s, and, you know, yeah, I, I knew I had the, the punt sign on, so I was like, I'm, a, I'm just catch the ball with the bat. Then first, first pitching through, it was low, and I said I told the catcher, wow, that was, that was real hard. <laughs> but I I saw it, I saw it out, out of his hand, uh, and 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 then next pitch he was right on the middle. I put the bone down, and I was I was happy to get out of there. <laughs> so so yeah, it's it's really it's really fun. I I, I love hitting. Um, I I really think it's a, it's more fun when you when pitchers hit. It's it's kind of like like old school baseball. So um, it's it's always fun, but um, facing a guy like that, it's kind of like you know nerve wracking a little bit.
1: And then the second at bat, you get back in the uh, the box. This time you get to swing away, but this time you get uh, two strikes, and he goes uh, he goes upstairs with a hundred and one. That's uh, <laughs> you, you can't feel too bad about not catching up to that one, I imagine.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what that's what they they were telling me in dugout. Not even the. Our guys in the lineups were catching up. <laughs> so, so yeah, uh, one, one player asked me, how do I see that? And I said, I did it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, it, it, was, it was fun for real. It was, it was really fun. And Alex is a great guy, and he has a bright future ahead. So, like I was telling Matt Herges yesterday, we we're talking about like 10, 5, 10 years from now, where you're going gonna to talk about with your guys, with, with the guys you faced, or how nasty a guy was when you played in double A or triple A and for sure I will have this at bat in my mind for the rest (laughs) of my career
1: and it was it was fun watching that game I watched it on MILB TV and and both you guys were doing everything you expect what's fun with watching you is, is again you're just as uncomfortable at bat for guys because you've got the fastball but then you also have a change up that it really can just kind of baffle guys. It's it's a change-up, you know, they describe it, the change-up that you can tell them's coming and that doesn't really matter that much. Is that pitch kind of always been your pitch or is that something that's really kind of developed for you in the last couple of years?
2: Well, I, I had it, but it wasn't my pitch. And last year, um, I knew I had to work on it because I was relying more on my fastball on my slider. So I knew I had to work on it. So I went to Winter Bowl in Puerto Rico and started working on it and really felt something click there. So I I could throw change ups. When I was in when I was in Puerto Rico I was throwing a lot of change ups and and I was I was real I was really feeling really confident with it and even even in Great Lakes at the end of the last year. Um, I, I, I could throw change ups three oh counts or three one counts and I really I really felt like it was like one of the pitches with the better commands I had. So yeah, I, I worked with it and improved it because I, I knew it wasn't my, my best pitch. So right now I think it's one of the best, if not the, the best pitch in my repertoire right now. So yeah, I really I really worked on it.
1: Did, did did you change the grip
2: on it or anything? Or was
1: it just that you as throwing it you just got the better feel for it?
2: Better feel I've been throwing this change since I was in college, the same one. Um, I just I just I don't know something clicking my delivery with the change of the way the way my arm went uh, got up and the the way I released the ball. I don't know something just clicked and and it was it was it was real fun.
1: I mean that's obviously one of the great things about winter ball is is you can kind of make those kind of those steps forward, especially against pretty impressive competition. I have to imagine it also was pretty fun for you to get to pitch in Puerto Rico over the winter and kind of you know, kind of go home for a little while and kind of.
2: Yeah, it was it was really really fun. Especially it was my first first time my family could see me pitch uh, as a professional, and I I started the game the opening opening day in in the hometown in the home team I grew up being a fan of and now I was playing the rival so it was it was pretty fun I was close to home. And all my, my family, friends were there. More than 70 people went to the game just to watch me. And it was, it was really fun. It was really fun playing winter ball these offseason. It really helped my my development and the way I saw hitters. And I I think it was a great, great experience.
1: And, and are you planning to go back? Or are you hoping to go back this this winter? Or I know you've got a number of innings this year. Is that something still to be determined?
2: Yeah, I, I'm, my, my innings are limited so i i still don't know if if the dodgers gonna let me go i'm working on it but uh it's right now i'm just i'm just focused on finishing strong this season and see where i i end up this year and we go from there i want to i don't want to be thinking about winter ball when i've got a couple games left
1: absolutely Uh, along those lines we talked about your rotation You've got a number of guys. You've had a number of teammates this year that that have to be pretty fun to watch themselves. Kind of when you're sitting in a dugout between starts, you know, a a guy like you know Julio Urias. It's amazing to see what he does at the age he does it. I mean, could you imagine at at his age being you know kind of thrown into Double A and kind of being ahead of the hitters that you're facing? It's yeah, pretty unreal.
2: That's really yeah, it's unreal. Like you say, it's something you don't you don't see very often. And the way he goes about his business is just off the charts. Um, I'm telling, I was, I always tell Matt Herdz, our pitching coach, that it's, it's just stunning the way he handles all these thoughts he has around him. And it's, I, I really look up to him. I tell, I tell him every time, like, hey, you're three years younger than me, but i uh, four years younger than me. But I, I really love, look up to you because the way you go about your business. And, and um, there's no there's no wage for a good pitch, so I, th- I think it's pretty special.
1: No, and again, and it's a, been a fun you know a fun staff you guys have had there because I mean Jarrell Cotton who just got bumped up as well, another guy who I, yeah. I know you know people usually talk about you and they talk about Urias, but but Cotton's a guy we're going to be seeing in the big leagues before too long as well. I, I kind of feel like.
2: Yeah, I I, th- I think he he's going to get a shot this year. I don't I hope he does. He's. He's earned it, man. He's, that's one of the hard, hardest-working kids I've seen. And when, when you have that that drive, it's, it's going to pay off.
1: Well, but back to you. Coming up, kind of, you know, growing up, was this always, you know, kind of the, the goal? You know, hey, I, I feel like I can be, a, you know, a future big leaguer. Or when did you kind of realize that this was a legitimate option?
2: To be honest with you, uh, that's always that's always been my dream. But when I when I saw when I was in college, I saw it so far from mm-hmm. happening. Cause I remember filling out the scouts uh, questionnaires and like, where do you see yourself in ten years? And I was like, man, ten years, huh? not my. I I gotta say I, I gotta be pitching in the big leagues, but I, I I don't know that seems like a long shot and. It, it seemed and like a long way
1: from there to the from where you were to there. I imagine.
2: Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, definitely. And and when I signed, when I signed, I was I was like like another number there. I wasn't like like a guy, you know, and and I felt like I, I told everybody I felt out of place. I felt like I didn't belong in spring training, and I don't know it. It was something happening extended, and it just clicked. And from there on, I saw I saw the big leagues closer and closer every time.
1: Well, going back to when you were drafted, you know. So, who was your uh, who was your, your your area scout? Who was the guy who who called and said, "Hey, you know, we're you're, you're we want you to be a Los Angeles Dodger."
2: Yeah, Matt Paul. And Matt Paul, he's he's brother's of savior, Paul. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. He's he's the area scout for Dodgers in in Louisiana and that South.
1: But so at that point you go and you when you went were kind of kept back in extended spring the next year was that a surprise to you or is that kind of as you said kind of what your mindset at that point do that kind of was that kind of expected at that point like okay. It
2: was it was more I, I, honestly I didn't know what to expect because it was my first spring mm-hmm. training coming in and it was more like an eye opening experience. Just to see, hey, I didn't make a club. I'm not good enough. I gotta work on it. And it was, it really opened my eyes and helped me a lot. But um, I wasn't really expecting anything. I, I wish I could have made, would have made a team, but I, I don't know what could have happened if I did. It's but worked I, out pretty I, well I, since. I <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Probably the best, best thing that's happened to me in my career was staying in extended that year.
1: Well, so the other thing is, is at what point did you, I, I'm, I'm big about you know where guys set up on the rubber, at what point did you kind of move where you set up on the rubber? Was that around that time, too?
2: No, uh, I actually went through all extended pitching on the third base side, mm-hmm. and I started the year in Ogden, and my first game, I pitched from that side, from the third base side, and didn't go well. I gave up like six runs in like three and two thirds of an inning, and... Next outing, uh, my pitching coach Greg Sabat said, "Hey, I want you to try something. Just move to this side and just see how do you, how do you feel." And man, it, it just opened the whole the whole strike zone. It was like huge. I was I was able to locate my fastball. I saw because I was so on top of the hitter that when I moved to that side, I saw everything clear. Mm-hmm. So I I felt more confident throwing pitch where I didn't see anybody. So it just it's just something like that, that just clicked like I say and just those little details uh, um, just helped me out. And I I I still try to learn something every day and try to improve something and. Uh, because you like our pitching coordinator says you're never a fin- finished product, so you gotta keep working on things and, and get ready for that call up.
1: No, it, I mean Clayton Kershaw's still learning stuff. Right? It, if you're in the right, minors, you've right, got a lot right. to learn still. But it yeah. does. Did, did it feel like did that outside corner become much more of a viable option that arm side? You know, once you moved over. I mean, did that kind of open that up a little bit, or did it help with your slider yes, too? Yeah,
2: especially especially to that side because. Throwing, throwing to the to the arm side side of the play. It was it was always easier because I was in on that side. Mm-hmm. But it was it was a little tougher because I was still a little across my body. So when I moved to that side, I was still a little across my body. But I, it was it was easier for me to hit that spot in the in the glove side side. Right? So. So yeah. No.
1: So you go to Ogden. And then that again—that really seems like is where it really kind of all clicked, and it, it had to feel good. So, what did it feel like when they said, "Hey, we're—you know—you've you, had success here. We're moving you up. You, we're sending you to Great Lakes." I mean, that—that that kind of had to be. That was that—that that first step of, "Hey, I'm—I'm I'm on the right path."
2: Yes, yes. I—I—I um, I, I was expecting it because I was—I was just waiting. I felt like I was ready to go to pitch in the next next level. Mm-hmm. It was great legs, and when they finally told me, I was like, "Okay, here we go." I remember my my the the guy who helped me out in extended, uh, Puerto Rican Hector Barrios, mm-hmm. he was pitching coach there, and he told me, "Hey, you're closer than you think," and I was like, "I." Was, that made me realize that I, I was that I was on the right path, and. And, yes, was, he was,
1: was awesome. And you go to Great Lakes, and you, you, pretty, you show pretty quickly you belong there. Um, four starts at the end of the year, but that had to be some really good momentum coming into the offseason to know, okay, I've gone to full season ball, and he uh, was right. I, I'm, I am closer than I think. I, I'm, I'm able to pitch at this level. Um, did it, you know, did it Was that like another confidence boost? Four starts, 42 Ks, two walks? In 22 innings, those you had some pretty fun outings there. It seemed like.
2: Oh yeah, it was it was really fun, and I still use those games. So, what? where when, when I when I don't feel right or my delivery is not right, I go back to those games and watch those videos to see what I'm doing different from from what I was doing there, because there it was when everything was on point, point. Mm-hmm. and um, so I, I go look back at those videos and and yeah it, it felt really good just going going through um uh, that momentum i had i had going from ogden to great lakes and then going to winter ball and and having success there it was it was really fun and helped me out with my my confidence my self-confidence to this to this year
1: now and then this year it would, did it feel different going into spring training? I mean, did it feel like you said last year was kind of like, "What am I doing?" This year, did yes. did I have that feel of, "Okay, let let's go to work."
2: Oh yeah, it was completely different. People were treating me different, and it was it was awesome. I mean, coming into spring training, um, my first spring training, I, I was I was nervous because. They were they were releasing people that signed in my year, mm-hmm. and I was like, man, I I didn't do that good in in Ogden my first year. I was I had like a 12-10 ERA in, in yep. five games, yep. and uh, I was I was a little ner- nervous. This this year I was so confident. I knew I was gonna make a club, and I was just ready to go out out there and work. And my my mind was right. Everything was. It was great. My body, my body was feeling great. So, it was it was a lot different.
1: Well, and, and then you go to the Cal League, which is there's a lot of places there that are not particularly fun to pitch, but you just kept rolling right along. I mean, you've you've pitched in Lancaster now. You can check that off the list. I know in April it's a little better than it is later in the year, but you had some places out there where you know you've got to you've really got to hit your spots, don't you? Or uh, a mistake there can can go out pretty quickly.
2: Yeah. Yeah, Lancaster. I remember um, one of my teammates said, man, we're going to Lancaster this week. And I was like, I, I really want to pitch there. I want to prove a point. And I... You proved it. I remember the wind the, <laughs> the wind was blowing straight out, like 50 miles. And I was like, I want to pitch here. I, I really want to pitch here. First period of the game home run, I was like, Oh <laughs> maybe I don't want to. But uh but after that I settled down and and pitched pretty good. I think it was my, my highest fastball of the year. I think I hit ninety seven that day. And um it was it was really fun. Then I then pitching in high desert I had one of the best games I had in, in Cali. And I don't know, I I, I, I like to pitch when with my, my back against the wall. Mm-hmm. I really like that. It's just something like competitive mindset that I have that just gives, gets me fired up.
1: And so then you get the word, hey, you're, you're headed to Tulsa. I, that had to be, again, it, it had to be fun from the standpoint of you get the promotion to Tulsa basically less than a year after you were still an Extended, and, and here you are. Tulsa. Was- go ahead.
2: Yes. That was that was exactly the same thing I was I was thinking. As soon as I got called up, I was man at this same point last year, I was in extended because I didn't make a club and now I'm in double A just a phone call away. It's and
1: it's gotta be pretty amazing it, what you think.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 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 really fun. It was it was really awesome to just Think that way, and it helps your confidence. The way the way that you the way I know I was working and seeing that everything was paying off it's just really really awesome.
1: So I gotta ask you. So in Tulsa, how have you felt about you know your your first stint in Double A? As far as I mean, obviously not as much stats. I mean your your stats have been pretty impressive, but. As far as executing your pitches, as far as doing what you want to do, how does this first year in Double A kind of felt?
2: It's it's been it's been a learning process, especially in this level. Um, I've had some good games, I had some bad games, and it's always to like remember that those things are gonna happen. Because I was I was kind of like getting used to not I don't I don't want to sound like a like a prick, but uh kind of getting used to like going out there and 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 do well and and succeed and kind of like expectations were getting higher and higher so even my own expectations were higher so when i when i was doing that well i was getting frustrated or getting beating myself down but it's it's just part of the game i'm really happy that everything is going the way it's going and that I that I had some bad games here that made made me realize what I gotta do better and and it's it's always it's always good to do well but it but if you can take a loss or a bad game into a positive way it's it's even better.
1: Yeah, what do you learn when you have? I mean, you 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 know when you have a bad outing now. What I mean, it sounds like you're a guy who likes to look at video. You know, kind of how do you? approach things when you have that bad outing to kind of reset for, for five days later?
2: Yeah, um, I, I I really like to have a short time memory, mm-hmm. and I'm not, not that great of a video looker. It's, some, it's just when things are going, that I feel is going bad, I, I go look at videos, but if, if I don't have to, I don't do it. Um, I just try to forget things quick. If if I do well I forget it, let's work to the next one. And if I if I do bad, let's let's forget it next let's go to the next one. It's it's all about the every fifth day and and yes I, I just I just try to prove a point every time I go out. What what if, if I don't then next time I'll do it.
1: What's that point? What are you trying to prove?
2: That that I that I read a pitch in the big leagues.
1: Do you do you feel like at this point, you know, if if the call came tomorrow and said, "Hey, we need you in Los Angeles," you, you feel like you're ready?
2: Uh, I I think I'm ready. I I want to do that, but let let's be honest. Let's I gotta I I don't want to sound like a right. Like no, it's I, it's
1: not it's not your choice. It's not your call. It's theirs. Right. But if and they call I, you, you're I, not going to tell I, them I, I a, can't do it.
2: Oh no no no, yeah, I would love to get that chance and. I still got a, another game uh, I'm pitching Thursday so um yeah but I got I got I got to stay I got to control what I can control mm-hmm. but if I get the chance to pitch in big this year it's going to be awesome I would love to and I think I, I'm ready and if not I just wait for next year
1: and I, the thing that also just jumps out I mean it it's just on your own team, I, again, the, the Texas league has been a pretty amazing league this year. You're, you're facing a whole lot of uh, very impressive hitters, um, you know, this year. And also, just on your own team, I mean, you've had some very impressive guys on, on your team. But I, I guess I'll ask you with that, who are the guys who've jumped out to you? Who are the guys who have really give you very tough at-bats? Who's someone you're like, okay, that's a guy that 10 years from now, I hope I'm still facing him and, and I figure I'll probably still be battling with him in the big leagues?
2: Yeah, I got a. The guy who stands out for me is Brett Phillips. He's, he's good. He's been a guy. Yeah, he's really good, and and he's a great guy too. Um, let me see who else.
1: I was gonna say you all you all were talking. Y'all were having a mutual admiration society on uh, on <laughs> Sunday because he yeah. was talking about how you have to swing at every you know the first pitch so you don't get to your changeup. <laughs> And you're pointing yeah. out, you know, well you hit one out. Well yeah, it was Lancaster. He was the guy who let off the game, wasn't he? Yeah,
2: that was that was him. That was him. But and um, then <laughs> I faced him in co and against Corpus in Tulsa and I threw a first pitch and he popped it out for uh to first base and I went to cover first base and when he was running first he was like Really change up? <laughs> I was like, Man, that was, that was that was a fastball, are you kidding me? Yeah, I have to worry about it if you think, if you think that was a change up and then he was like, No, that was cheese. <laughs> so he was just playing with me. He's a great guy.
1: Um, I, I and one of the things that jumps out with you is, is like but you have that belief in that change up now, you can you can go back to back with it. You can double up on it and not worry that, you know, uh oh, you may be looking for it. I mean, I think I've seen you do yeah, that. Yeah,
2: no, yeah. Yeah, I've, I've done it, especially when I throw my my first uh, when I throw a changeup and it's not good. I have more confidence to throw it like right back to back when I don't throw it throwing throw it good. I, I go back to back if if I have to, and I have more confidence than throwing it in another count.
1: It, you've really got now because last year the slider was kind of the pitch that was the the strikeout pitch. Do You kind of now feel yes. you know you've got now. You've got a, you get the two strikes. They they can't really be sitting on something now because now the changeups right. gotten to that level too.
2: Yeah,
1: that's to be that's, fun.
2: That's what I've I've been looking for to have that. And honestly, my my slider hasn't been that great this year, but um, I'm still working on it. And hopefully, next outing I have all three pitches working, and that's always fun.
1: So which is more fun? when you strike out a guy with 96 or so up in the zone or when you strike out a guy who's looking for 96 up in the zone and you basically throw that change up and he's way, way, way out in front of it?
2: Striking, and, uh, striking out in general is fun. <laughs> uh, I think I think it's always like when you're a strikeout guy and you have that mentality, striking a guy out with the fastball more high it's it's always, I don't know, fires you up inside.
1: So, before we wrap up, I do have to ask, you know, I, I've talked to a number of guys who potentially would be on the, the next Puerto Rican World Baseball Classic team. Is that something that would be, you know, fun to you? I mean, you look at, there is uh, the makings of a, a, it was a pretty impressive team last time, but there's the makings of a pretty impressive team there. I was obviously looking way down the road, but, When you got guys like you know Correa and you, again, there's a lot of young young talent that is kind of coming up. It really feels like that this is a a kind of a golden age of of baseball for Puerto Rico right now. Is that something that you're pretty proud of?
2: Oh my God! You can words can describe the feeling we have and the pride we take about our flag in Puerto Rico, and that would be a dream come come true, man. Representing my country, having that, that that name on the chest, it would be uh, I don't know, I don't know how to explain it. But yeah, it's it's been great and I don't think we we've had that these this group of guys coming up since like nineties, since the nineties when when Rodri- Pat Rodriguez, Juan Gonzalez, those guys were Roberto Alomar, were playing. Yeah. Uh I think Correa and Lindor, they're Kike, <laughs> They're doing. I mean, Eddie Rosario. They're
1: they're Javier Baez coming back up today. I mean, it's
2: Javier. Yeah, Barrios, uh, Jose um uh, Jorge Lopez, Edwin Diaz. Man, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be real fun. Just potentially playing the big league with all those guys, and I, I really I, I'm really looking forward for that. What about baseball class in 2017?
1: Well, the good thing for you is as a pitcher, it's just, okay, just tell me which day to pitch. Figuring out who's going to play shortstop for that team is going to be real fun, you know, because there's, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's, there's a whole lot of good shortstops who are, uh, you know, young shortstops who are coming up. But, well, Jose, yeah. thanks again for the time. Good luck, obviously, with your last start of the season in Tulsa, but obviously uh, that may not be the last start of the season. You know, good, good luck, uh, you know, with the, the remainder of the season, and, and good luck, Again, it's been fun to watch, especially kind of, as you said, you're you're a guy who you had the dream, but at one point the dream seemed oh so far away, and here you are now. You know It's got to be fun for you and your family to realize that the dream's not that far away now.
2: It is, man, it is. I I really appreciate it, and thanks for having me.
1: Thank you. This has been uh, Jose De Leon on the Baseball America podcast. Thanks, and we'll be back in a minute. Thank you, everyone, for joining us on the Baseball America Prospect Handbook Podcast. We'll be back again next week. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time.